0: They came back and they're like, we only had five people register for the webinar. I'm like, great. Because, you know, you sell one or two out of five and that's going to be more than how they were selling one-on-one anyway. You sell one, you've matched your one-to-one selling capabilities. Fantastic.
1: Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi everyone, this is your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and I'm excited to announce that my book, Selling with Love, Earn with Integrity, Expand Your Impact, is going to be released on February 15th of this year, and I'm so excited to bring it to the masses. So if you are one of the people who wants to get a copy of this book, be sure to go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book and you'll be able to get on the waiting list and learn about all the exciting details, bonuses, and special offer that we will have on the day of launch to be able to get your hands on a copy of this book. You'll even have an advanced chapter made available when you sign up. So once again, go to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book and you'll be able to be one of the first people to get a glimpse inside the new book coming out February 15th. And now... Please enjoy this episode hi everybody this is Jason mark Campbell and welcome back to the selling with love podcast now today I have a fellow other Jason coming here who is one of the people behind the scenes that's creating a ton of amazing content really helping people structure not only the content on how they do webinars but really doing it in a way that moves people towards taking actions that further benefits themselves for any of you who are familiar with mind Valley you might have attended some of their master classes the free trainings with the authors that they feature and there's a Certain structure to the way that these masterclasses are created. Jason Fladlian has been the one who has been advising Mind Valley's marketing team, content team to really make these in a way that we get to educate and again, move people towards powerful actions. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. See, webinars, online events, masterclasses, all of these ways of educating and converting leads into clients is a very powerful mechanism that works today. Does it still work? Is it something we should be looking at doing in the future as well? We're going to go through this and more with Jason, who is known as the $100 million webinar man. He's the co-founder and chief strategy officer at Rapid Crush Inc. and has been working with so many companies who are really training people to work one to many, which is the title of his book, where he teaches even more on this methodology. Jason, welcome to the show. Pleasure. I'm
0: glad to be here, Jason.
1: Now it's fun. We actually had another conversation this week. I had you on with our Mind Valley members and you were giving us kind of the blueprint of the webinar, but I wanted to know a bit more of your experience because it seems like you've been doing this forever. And I'd be curious to know, how does one become the webinar man?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. First of all, you got to start when the media is fresh, which I did. I was very fortunate. I saw webinars as an opportunity before they actually were viable. The internet connections weren't fast enough. The software wasn't stable enough. So I kind of bided my time and that kind of coincided with when I first learned how to do business online and was a little bit successful with it. And so I sat there and just waited and waited for the moment to hit go. And I didn't have the bias of previous success. What I mean by that, Jason, is there was a lot of people who attempted to co-op webinars into their marketing back in 2007 when I was doing this. But what they did was they ported in like a teleseminar kind of approach to webinars, or they tried to port in platform selling from the stage, or some of these traditional models that historically had worked well, but they were square peg, round hole type of deals where I said, Hey, listen, I don't know any of that stuff. I got to learn with a blank sheet. And I sort of developed the webinar methodology that now is more adopted and followed by webinar presenters than anybody else who's taught webinars, which is a trip to say out loud, but nonetheless, it's a fact, so might as well say it, right? And so I was able to pioneer, I kind of think of it now in the way of Tesla, like Tesla didn't exist when I did this, but Tesla wasn't a car company, yet they came in and become the most valuable car company in the world because they didn't say, oh, we have to have handles that go like this, right? They said, hey, is there a way we can detect the person and then have the handles pop out and then close again? You know, so they threw out all of the standard supposed best practices, started with a blank sheet, built it from the ground up. I did that, too, with webinars. And then I just continually kept at them. So not only was I there at the beginning, but I stayed there. So I was there before they were hot. I was there while they were hot. And I'm there even after they're no longer hot. I'm still doing them.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Well, I wanted to maybe get back into understanding the purpose of webinars, right? When you started studying them, there was a problem, right? There was something you were trying to identify that needed to be solved. You saw webinars as a tool to be able to solve that. What are we even talking about here? Like, why does webinars need to exist? Why is it an art of marketing that needs to happen? So I think the webinar
0: is the most efficient way to sell the most transformative offers that you can give to a marketplace. And there's a lot I just said that that would need to be unpacked. I'll try to unpack as much as quickly as I can. So, you know, you go to the shopping center or you go to the store and at checkout, you might grab a pack of gum and throw it on the conveyor belt, right? You don't need a sales letter to sell a pack of gum. You don't need a long performance, nothing. It's an impulse purchase. And so those aren't the solutions, impulsive or low ticket, very easy to consume, very shallow style of content, which has its place and its purpose. That doesn't need education to help somebody make an informed decision on how they should move forward in their future and what they should invest time and money in. However, in any market, there's a portion of people. It's typically 20% of the market. that's generally how it is distributed who don't want a solution. They want the solution. So they're not the person like in the weight loss market who says, hey, I want to lose a couple pounds for my high school reunion that's coming up. They're the person that says, I might die in the next five years if I don't lose weight. And I've tried the other 57 ways previous to lose weight and it ain't working. I'm looking for the 58th way. That's the market that could benefit the greatest from a solution. But the solutions that will help them are not obvious, they're not easy to explain. And so therefore, there needs to be a setup to them. If it was easy to understand, they would have already done it and they would have already benefited from it. A superior solution will always require more information in which to sell it because there's more intricacy to it, there's more under the surface of it. It's the superficial solutions that are easy to sell and usually easy to fail. Because there's not a lot to them and they're cheap. And so these are all the factors in more on why webinars are so powerful. But I'll tell you the number one thing for me, Jason, is it gives them the experience of what it's like to be your customer before they have to risk the money in order to be your customer. So if you can show them what it's like to be your customer up front, then they just step into and they say, okay, if this is what I'm getting for free and how I'm treated now. Imagine what it's like when I become a customer. And the webinar can do that in one sitting not in one week or one month which is what typical marketing does is it's rapport by a thousand cuts <laughs> one email here the one email here the one email here the one email here it's a very light touch very dainty way about going about change and helping people where we like to take the more let's go straight to the hard approach
1: yeah i love it and whenever we are seeing these solutions are getting a bit more complicated. and A lot of people who are in small businesses, you need to go into like the niches, you need to have more specialized offers, and those require that kind of additional education. And the webinar ends up being a powerful tool for that. So what exactly would it look like if I'm here and I'm sitting this and like, okay, I have a semi complex solution to problems that people typically have. I feel like webinar could potentially be a vehicle that allows me in my marketing to educate people and get them to understand what I'm selling so I can actually sell it, what are some broad stroke guidelines on what exactly is that webinar? I know the first questions I usually get whenever we talk webinars are like, okay, are we talking about spending 20 minutes, an hour? Does it matter? What am I doing? So what would be those broad guidelines we should look at?
0: When I conceptualize a webinar and I've conceptualized hundreds of them, meaning created a pitch deck and delivered them hundred. 100- Plus, unique ones. The number one thing that I focus on is this What's the current constraint that stops the prospect from moving forward? What's the limitation that prevents them from making progress? And I try to focus on that. And if I can't remove that or show them that that can be removed for free on a webinar, I'm not interested. I will have to drill down and maybe get more microscopically focused until I can find a portion of that constraint to where I can get somebody to move forward. So I'll give you some examples of this here, right? So if somebody, they can't sleep at night, they're up all night, they're an insomniac, they're a nervous wreck, they're not ready to have the conversation about eating healthy, they're not ready to have the conversation about meditation, you know? That's too much for them. What they need to do is they need to get some traction. They need to have a way in which they can maybe get an extra 20 minutes of sleep to start with. Or they need to have a way that even if they don't get sleep, they can feel better, with the sleep that they do get as little of it as it may be. And so that's where I'm starting to investigate if I was in that market, right? So if people were having panic attacks, I could go on for hours about the biological mechanisms of what induces a panic attack. I can give them the same old tired strategies that they've heard over and over again about deep breathing, about doing yoga, about exercising, blah, blah, blah. They've already tried that. I'm like, what's the one thing that I can help them with, that is stopping them right now, that would immediately, if it was removed, make their life somewhat better, even if it was a little bit better. And then I can sell them the rest of the stuff. And so that's what we're ultimately looking at. So in the Amazon niche, so I've sold 60 million-ish dollars at this point in time in the Amazon niche, meaning physical products sold on Amazon, either private label, wholesale, resold, whatever the case may be. The number one constraint of that market is they can't even find a product to sell online. So if you're there teaching them how to do fulfillment by Amazon, if you're teaching them Amazon SEO, if you're teaching them the overview mechanisms of Amazon, that's all good. But until you can show them how they can pick a product and be successful with it, you ain't going to help them. Even if they buy from you, which some of them will, they still won't get past that first constraint. Now, You'll find through doing these organic webinars, which I love because it's direct market feedback. You put something in front of somebody. They either like it or they don't like it or they're apathetic to it. You adjust it. You try it again. What I discovered was it wasn't even the product. So here's the nuance. They could find products. They didn't have the confidence to put real money and time behind those products. So I started thinking, Jason, how do we show them products that even if they screw up every aspect of them, they could be successful with them? And then I developed webinars around that concept. So instead of promising people the millions of dollars that was possible selling on Amazon, we showed them the thousands of dollars that was possible on selling on Amazon. But now they can see themselves actually sourcing the product because they felt like even if they screwed it all up, they can make a thousand or 2000. And if they could do that, then they could make the millions. So that little extra nuance there was the difference between millions and tens of millions of dollars sold.
1: I love how you've answered this because you went to the core of what really needs to be answered for the webinar. Time didn't even become a part of this answer. And again, I know we've talked about this, so I want to stress it again. People feel that the time is a really important factor when it comes to the webinar. What's your opinion?
0: I understand where that comes from. And we kind of need a general framework for people to feel very comfortable. Time is very unimportant in the grand scheme of things. It's the old Abraham Lincoln joke, how long does a man's leg need to be long enough to touch the ground, right? And so it's like, how long does the webinar need to be long enough in order to help somebody see themselves as better than they currently are? And then after that, you can show them the way you'll help them get there if they were to invest with you. Typically, webinars are gonna go from the introduction portion, five to 15 minutes. Generally closer to five, the lower the price of the product you're selling, and the less complex the topic is. Longer to 15 if it's more setup needed. And you know what you're doing, by the way. So I will take very long introductions, but I know how to simultaneously get people engaged, interested, push, pull, get them excited, pull it a little bit back, get them excited, pull them a little bit back. I do that because it helps increase engagement, which helps increase retention, which serves the audience. But there's an art to it. You can't bore them into buying, right? So introduction is about five to 15 minutes. In general, your content portion is about 45 to 75 minutes. And again, same concepts. How long would it take to engineer that win for them, that obstacle destruction, so to speak, and how complicated is the subject and what's the price point you're selling at. Then you transition. I specifically teach my clients transitioning as a phase. So intro, content, transition, close. Most people just say intro, content, close. What I've discovered is the modality of selling is absolutely different than the modality of teaching. They seem similar because you're speaking, I guess, (laughs) and then you're using slides for both perhaps, right? But they are two different complete modalities. So people are typically good at one, but not the other. And they get freaked out when they switch. And the audience gets freaked out when you switch. You're like, whoa, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, what happened? And so there's a transition that helps you and your audience feel like there wasn't a rug pull that occurred, and that's only about a minute, maybe two minutes at most. And then the close is there's a formal portion of the close, which essentially is here's what I got for you. Here's what it does. Here's why you should or shouldn't get it. Here's what it's normally priced at. Here's the special webinar only deal for a limited time that you can get. Here's some extra bonuses for you if you do say yes to this within this time frame. Here's the risk or lack of risk involved for investing. And here are the challenges that. You may run into that help you or don't help you understand if you should buy this or not. And that close portion, the formal structure of it's gonna be about 30 ish minutes, probably a little less than that. And then there's the informal close portion, which is if you got people on the line that are interested and need to make a decision and are having trouble making that decision, whether it's a no decision or a yes decision, my attitude is you stay on and you serve them. And so typically our webinars end up being about three to four. To five hours long. When you're starting your webinars will probably land at about 90 minutes. But if you err on any side, err on too long and on the mode of service as opposed to too less. Because man, wouldn't it suck to have like a 29-day-a-month insurance policy and then you know get whacked on the one day that it wasn't covered? They don't sell those because we don't want to have almost enough to change somebody's life. We want to have enough. So err on the side of too much Not too little. But ultimately, time is inconsequential. At the end of the day, it is, how long do I need to take somebody from a limitation to a new belief that's empowering instead of limiting? And then, can I be interested enough for them to continue to listen to
1: me? That is the greatest way that I've heard the structure be presented. And I know that this is liberating for a lot of people because you're realizing, okay, I don't need to be like super structured on time. If I'm focused on serving, focused on value, focused on love, if you're following my framework, then. There you go. You have a vehicle that you can design. The length won't matter as much. You have some guidelines here from your opening introduction, from the content, the transition, and the close. And I think I'd want to maybe just have us elaborate a bit more on this transition and the power that it holds. Because I've had my clients, like the moment they transitioned to the close, like you said, it was kind of a freak out moment. It was almost like they were trying to get off the webinar fast so that they could just get out of this discomfort that they were feeling because sales was not their nature. What exactly does that transition look like and how can somebody use it if they love doing webinars and they have a terror when it comes to closing
0: so here's something interesting about the human mind consciously it will forget almost everything it hears right after it hears it (laughs) this is why when they say with speaking like traditional speaking they say don't remember what you said but they remember how they felt when you said it typically that's why they remember the first thing you say and the last thing you say and maybe one thing in the middle And it's true for you too. So you go on a webinar, you pour your heart and soul out and you give, give, give for 45 minutes and then it gets to the close. And you're not thinking about all the value you've created at that point. You're thinking about, oh my God, I got to sell something to somebody, I'm so freaked out. And so part of that transition is what I call 60 minutes and 60 seconds, where we condense all of the good stuff that we've done throughout the whole webinar into one minute or less. And so the flow in that typically will go like this. So today we covered and you also discovered this and now you've learned about this and no longer should you fear this. And then we talked about this and we went into depth on this and this and this and this and this. And everybody's like, yeah, that was awesome. And you're also like, damn, I gave that away for free. You remember, so you put yourself in a state of service, not in a state of fear. You're not selling to someone, right? you are empowering somebody and regardless of whether they buy from you or not, you have empowered them. One doesn't take away from the other. And so that's why I like to do that transition at that point in time. I also like to frame the juxtaposition of why somebody should buy something versus just continue to get something for free. Here's one of the ways that I do this. This is the most standard way I teach people is I'll say, all right, so if we parted ways right now and I left you to your own devices Would you be successful with this? Would you follow through on this? Would you iterate if you needed to iterate? Would you adjust if you needed to adjust? Would you be okay with having to build it all from the ground up all on your own and trial and error way through it with blood, sweat, and tears just like I did? Or would you like to have help?
1: to get 50% off. That's code selling with love50 at factormeals.com/slash selling with love50, and you'll get 50% off. Not bad.
0: Now, if you were to have help, what would that look like? Well, what if I could give you some resources that I've already developed to shortcut the process? What if I could have accountability for you and you for me? Meaning I would be accountable for your success on some level what if I had a vested interest in your outcome? What would I do in that instance in order to empower you to get there sooner, faster, quicker? Because I know you can get there on your own. But what about getting there quicker, faster, stronger in style with me cheering you along on the sideline? What could that look like? Well, if you're interested in that, I have something that can help get you there sooner. And it's this. Now, that's not the exact script I use. And I don't use scripts anymore. I actually have word for word scripts. But the essence and the structure is very simple. You remind people, hey, I've shown you how to do it on your own. You can always do it on your own. For some of you, that's all you can do is on your own right now. But for others of you, I'd like to give you a choice on doing it on your own or doing it with me. Now, doing it with me is going to cost you money. Of course it is. But is it really gonna cost you if it saves you time, if it saves you frustration, if it helps you do something you otherwise wouldn't do because you're answering to somebody other than yourself, right? And most people, this is a little bit of insight that a lot of people aren't aware of, people love to buy things. And if you don't believe me, just hang out on a Black Friday one day and see how much people love to buy things. They are getting up early. They can't get up early enough. They started doing Black Friday on Thursday now, and then they invented Cyber Monday. People love to buy things because they only buy things in which they feel like they're getting the better end of the deal. Nobody says, I want to buy that thing because I think I will pay more for it than I will get in return. (laughs) Nobody's ever done that in the history. Now, the reality is sometimes you overpay for things that you never even use. That's the risk of purchasing and investing in yourself, right? But people will only typically buy things that they feel they're getting the better end of the deal on. So as long as you have something that for the right person gives them the better end of the deal, nobody wins if they keep their money and you don't help them. And so the whole transition is set up more for your sake as the presenter than the audience's sake to put you in that state to understand that. Now, if your offer sucks, then please don't ever do a webinar. Focus on your offer first and get it good. But what I've discovered, Jason, is the constraint for most business owners is not in the offer. It's in the presentation of the offer. So the perception of value that the consumer sees is actually as close to the actuality of the value that is given. Because unfortunately, there's a lot of great solutions out there that consumers don't get because people haven't figured out a way to get in front of the consumer and then get the consumer to understand that their money's better spent buying this thing than buying something else or not buying anything at all.
1: This is absolutely wonderful. And you're speaking to the choir here. I think for a lot of people listening to this podcast, this is exactly it. I mean, for me, the whole reason why this podcast exists, why I'm writing my book around selling with love is to empower these ethical businesses that are trying to make a difference in the world with the tools that are necessary for you to have people understand the value of what you provide. And I think that the way that you teach and the vehicle that you preach is one of the most effective ways for people to be able to build that within the people that are out there listening to them looking for a solution maybe not truly understanding how to solve their problem from the root and this is really what the webinar brings now you did say something at the beginning that i think we should close which is you talked about how you were there at the beginning of the webinar era and you've been there in the mainstream adoption of the webinar era and now the webinar kind of has a bit of a different taste if in the recent years if you hear like join now my instant webinar where for free, you'll learn how to make millions without any effort, any risk, and you can do it all instantly by joining my webinar. And I've been on those webinars and I know you've seen them too, Jason, where it's like, all right, person goes in, they tell a story and at the end they pitch and they give no value. So there's a bit of a maturity in the market. There's some who have taken advantage of this vehicle. And I'm just wondering, Are you preaching for people to do it in that way? And has the webinar been killed by the people who do it that way?
0: Well, so here's the problem a lot of people are now having with webinars. And this is, again, perception versus actuality problem. It's always the deal in any business. The gift wrap and then what's inside the packaging, two very different things. And so there was a period in time when webinars were very sexy because they were newish. They were fresh and you could be really bad at them and do reasonably well with them. Any new revelation or revolution in a market will produce that. So, you know, when TikTok first got hot, somebody discovered a hack, and for a short while, they could ride on that. We've seen this over and over again. The video sales letter got hot for a period of time. Everybody did it. Most people weren't good at it, yet they still got pretty good results. Why? The novelty of the vehicle being used, and the fact that, you know, it's just the trend. Markets operate on trends on a tactical level. You can't build a long-standing business around them. But again, markets want candy. They don't want vegetables. So they want to gratify with pleasure instead of get happiness. Pleasure and happiness are two different things, right? Pleasure will harm you in the long term and happiness will always benefit you in the long term. But that's what the market wants. And so people rushed into webinars after we proved them as a pioneer We went from, hey, listen, webinars are great. And everybody's like, no, they're not. Webinars suck. They're too much work. They don't work as well as X, Y, and Z, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to stick with the old, you know, horse and buggy systems of the internet. Okay, whatever. I quit even trying to tell people webinars are awesome because no one to hear me. Then we showed webinars are awesome. And then everybody all of a sudden woke up one day and said, webinars are awesome. You should do them. And people substituted the last bright, shiny object with webinars and they started doing them. Well, the market became very intolerant of mediocre webinars when they were in mass quantity and when the methodology was abused and the mechanism was abused. And so people were doing it for selfish reasons, which is always going to hurt you in the long term. It's funny because the ultimate way of being selfish is being selfless. But nonetheless, webinars died down as a popularity and as people moved on into trend. Webinars are very hard to do. I will tell you that at first. And then ultimately your life and your business will be easier than ever once you get over that initial hump. But I will tell you, we did the biggest launch in internet marketing history to close out 2021. It was 57 million some odd dollars from a product in a market that didn't exist seven months prior. Nobody'd ever done that before. We didn't even have a sales letter. It was all driven via webinars, And so webinars have performed better for me in 2021 than any other year I've ever been in business. So I'm going to continue to do them because ultimately I like the fact, Jason, on one level, I like it, but I also hate it. I like the fact that a lot of people are moving on from webinars and thinking they suck because then it allows me to actually get back into what consumers are interested in that will help them. So now they're attending my webinars more simply because there's less options for them on webinar this, webinar that, webinar this, webinar that. I hate it though, because I know a lot of businesses who could serve their customers are turning their back on webinars because they think that that ship has sailed or that day is done and they're moving on to the next thing. When we did the $57 million launch this year, we paid $0 in advertising. We didn't buy a single ad. I want to, and we're going to get to there. $57 million was a good start, but because we are so good at the webinar. Other people who were not but were good at traffic were happy to send us all their traffic. So we got 100% of our traffic from affiliates, meaning we give them a percentage of the sale for anybody they refer because they said, you guys are the conversion experts. You guys convert so well because your webinar content is so electrifying and your structure is so empowering. Let's partner together. And that's how we were able to do that without spending a single dollar in advertising. And so that is my proof positive that webinars are better than ever. And I'm still learning a lot. And this is what's really exciting, Jason, is that when you are in service, there is an infinite amount of things that you can continue to improve upon. And the energy in which you wish to do so is also infinite because the better you get at it and the more you do, the better it becomes for you and for your audience. And so every day is like, day one for me it's kindergarten Jason, and this is why it gets exciting and why i've stuck the webinars now going on year 15 can you believe that 15 years and i still feel like i'm a freshman in high school
1: Jason, I love your enthusiasm, I love your energy, and I love everything you've taught us today. And I think for everyone listening, I think this is what you're really given as a message is that regardless of the medium, those who are putting in the work are actually doing good service, can use the vehicle to their advantage. And as you've noticed in the trend today is the ones that are mediocre have moved on to the next shiny object which has decluttered the space for only the cream to rise to the top. And you've definitely shown us what that looks like. And I know what you do is at its top level. So what I want to encourage everybody here is I'm going to put some links to Rapid Crush and some resources from Jason. If you want to go deeper, there's so much amazing things that he shares that can really help you put together your very first webinar. I did want to add one final thing here, Jason, because I know you've mentioned it in a workshop we did before. And I think this is kind of the missing piece of our conversation here is that if I'm feeling that I've listened to this, I understand that webinars are awesome. I wanna be able to do one. I'm listening to the level that you're doing it and I'm like, wow, I don't think I can do a webinar at that level. And so how do I start? And is it okay that I start as a beginner?
0: That's a fantastic question, Jason. And I see this all the time. I had a client, his girlfriend was doing her very first webinar, very successful doctor. And I was so intrigued by how's it gonna go? And she was in an industry that never did webinars. And then they came back and they're like, we only had five people register for the webinar. I'm like, great. Because, you know, you sell one or two out of five. And that's going to be more than how they were selling one-on-one anyway. You sell one, you've matched your one-to-one selling capabilities. Fantastic. How can you lose, right? And one person showed up to this webinar. Just one. So again, how can you lose? It's no different than a normal sales process that they were using before, which was one to one. Yes, there was more setup. You do the setup once and then that's it. After that, it becomes very rote. It's like you learn how to ride a bike once and then you don't have to remember how to ride a bike after that. You just ride the bike. They had one person show up and the person didn't buy on the call and they seemed like they might buy, but they weren't sure that they were going to buy. And I asked her, I said, were you glad you did it? And 100% she said, I absolutely was because of a multitude of reasons, one of which, once you get into motion, you tend to stay in motion. This is Newton's laws of motion. It's a physical law, right? An object at rest stays at rest. So you don't do webinars, you'll probably never do a webinar. You start to do a webinar, you get one person on, you don't sell them, you had no idea what you're doing, but you're now in motion, you'll stay in motion, all right? And so she was happy for that reason, because now she's on a new path. Also, and this was the advice I gave her if she got on the webinar. I said, treat this as an investigation to better understand your audience than your competitors can. And that's ultimately what your webinars will do for you when you're starting out. Some of the greatest insights I've ever gotten were when I were on webinars with clients and I was completely misaligned with what they wanted. I was saying this and I was going on about that and I was going on about this and they were being nice to me. But ultimately, like, Jason, I'm not interested in that. And I'm like, you're not? Why did I just spend 40 minutes on it, presenting it, in 15 hours researching it and producing it, right? Oh, my God. But they say, listen, dude, I know you're trying to help, so I'll tell you what I'm interested in, right? And they won't tell you unless you earn their trust and their confidence, so you could be their confidant, right? And then they say, well, this is what I'm really interested in. And I'll say, really? That? That's so easy. To me, it is, but not to them but it is easy for me to help them because it is easy for me. I say, seriously, that's all you need? They're like, dude, that's all I need. And I'm like, you can't get that anywhere else? They're like, no, because everybody was overlooking it just as I was overlooking it. And so the immediate feedback and the dynamicism in which webinars are very powerful, there's nothing better than that and nothing more efficient than that. So you get 10 people on a webinar and you do that. And let's say you sell one person, Let's say you make $200. That's it. Your net profit is $200 on that sale. Well, what if you did that just four times? You've just made 800 bucks. And let's say you can do that in a week. You're making 800 bucks a week, right? That's about $40,000 a year. And that's if you could only ever manage to get 10 people on and you could only ever manage to sell one. And so when you're starting out in webinars, I want you to start out unbelievably small. If you get three people on, fantastic. You can now have a conversation with three people. You can now get insight from those three people. And if you can get three on, then you'll get four, you'll get five, you'll get 10, you'll get 20. When you do the math on webinars, it doesn't take much to make much. If you could sell three products a day on a webinar on average, and each product was 300 bucks, you're making $900 a day. You're making over $300,000 a year. On a webinar that would only sell on average three units a day. That's it, at $300. That's it. The webinars that I were doing in 2007, maybe 50 people would show up on them. And I would typically sell lower ticket products back then because I didn't know any other way. But the hours and hours I spent so in 2008, I probably spent 150 hours on webinars live, Jason. And a majority of that time was conversational. I'd run out of slides. Wouldn't have anything else, but I still had an audience. So I would talk to them. And I learned more about communication. I learned more about service. I learned more about helping people and understanding when they say this, what they really mean is that I observe patterns. That is an education I would have paid for in a lot of dollars in commas. Instead, I got paid for it. And a lot of people aren't willing to do that, especially successful people, Jason. They're not willing to do that. They're not willing to get their hands dirty anymore. They got a butler for that, right? So the opportunity, if you're fresh and you're new, to go down there in your market and get your hands dirty with them, you know, be the guy selling the vacuum cleaner on the floor with them. Hey, it picks up the bowling ball and you're getting down with mom and pop and the baby and grandma on the floor, nose to nose, toes to toes that will propel you to success greater than anything else. And again, the webinar is the most efficient way to do that. There's other ways you can have that direct interaction. I just never found one that is more efficient than the webinar. So if you're new, forget about what platform to use. It doesn't matter. Forget about the funnel to use. Who cares, right? Get an audience, even if it's just a couple of people. Get in front of them. Attempt to show them how you understand them. And then validate it. Did you understand them or did you not? If you did, fantastic. You are this close to being super successful. Now it's just a matter of technique. If you didn't understand them, congratulations. Now it's a matter of working with them until you do understand them. And through the few come the many. If you understand a small portion of the market by being this granular with them, you will hit the majority of the market. And that's that. But you have to humble yourself. Quit focusing on you. The number one problem I see, Jason, when people do webinars and fail at them is they come to me and say, I couldn't get people on the webinar, Jason. I got overwhelmed. I was blah, blah, blah. And I say to them, listen, I'm hearing you talk. And the only thing I'm hearing is you talk about yourself. You're not talking about the people that you're serving. You're not saying, hey, where are these folks that need blank, right? What are these people desperately wishing for and not getting? What do they need to hear that they're not hearing? That's the one that shows me that they're going to be successful regardless of the externalities currently. But when you're focused on me, how am I going to fail? What happens if I do this? I don't know how to drive traffic. I don't know what to say. You've already lost before you played the game. But if you say, listen, I'm going to find people out there and I'm going to give them hope where they didn't have hope before. Who needs help the most right now? And where would they be at? Then you'll figure out how to reach them. And then after you reach them, then you can bring the technique in. Then you'll discover if I use platform A instead of platform B, I get a little bit of a better conversion. If I have this color on the webpage instead of that cover on the webpage, for whatever reason, it works a little bit better. You know, I don't know, right? But until you say, who's that person suffering? Who's suffering I could ease if only I can find them don't say anything else. Start there and then use the webinar to help get them. Because if you can do it one-on-one, you can do it one-to-few. If you can do it one-to-few, you can do it one-to-many. One of you, many of them. There are 7.9 billion people on this planet. And all you need is a thousand of them to pay you a thousand dollars and you've made a million dollars.
1: Jason, that is a powerful way to finish Once again, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all these amazing insights. For those of you listening, we really made the case here that webinars are one of the most powerful ways to speak from one to many, and they've matured over the years. But it just means, as Jason has highlighted, that the ones who are really focused on the customer, trying to truly solve problems, bring solutions, educate them, and not being so me-focused are still doing webinars, and they're doing it fantastically. And so you can use this as a vehicle. Whenever you have people that you know you want to serve, you can bring them together into this experience. And what I'm going to suggest for everyone here, if you're feeling inspired, if you realize that, wow, this is a tool I can use, I know I can do an introduction, go through the content, make that transition, finish with a close, and get more people to have my product into their hands, then you would definitely wanna pick up a copy of the book, One to Many. A link will be available in the show notes and you're gonna be able to check out Rapid Crush where there's some more videos and contents where Jason really freely shows a lot of the breakdowns on this structure. It's absolutely fantastic to see. He is a man who comes in for service that is giving and he's inspired Mindvalley to grow to the level that it has because of the techniques he uses. It can get very granular, but I think the most important thing to realize is they work. You can get started now. Jason, thank you again for coming on the show. This was a fantastic episode. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Selling with Love podcast. I mentioned at the beginning the release of the book, Selling with Love, is coming on February 15th. If you haven't went to sellingwithlove.com forward slash book to get yourself on the waiting list yet, take the time to do so now. I'll have a sample chapter available, some exciting bonuses, and you'll be one of the first to put your hands on a copy of my book that is coming out so soon. Thank you so much for being a supporter. Thank you for listening to the show. And until next time.